Today, I have the great pleasure of welcoming my friend Sadie, who I met 11 years ago. And she is someone who I met before there was much social media going on. She's been doing yoga for years, been promoting herself and offering yoga classes on YouTube and all sorts of other platforms. She is what I think of as the OG of doing yoga in a social media sort of environment for people to be able to have access to her offerings. She has a great perspective on life, on teaching. I've watched her life transform as she went from almost nonstop traveling, teaching everywhere, to finding a space where she can live her life with a little bit more home time and a little bit less always being on the road. And we talk about yoga, we talk about aging, as women. And we talk about the potential of the two of us creating our own podcast. So stay tuned for that as we work out all the details. And thank you for listening. Stories. We all have them. They're the compilation of your journey from where you started to how you ended up where you are today. Titanium Blonde is all about sharing women's stories. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, and everything in between all of that. I'm Sherry Eckert. This is Titanium Blonde Talks. And I'd like to know, what's your story? Hello, and thank you for joining me today for another episode of Titanium Blonde Talks. Today, I'm having a conversation with my very good friend, Sadie, who I met over 10 years ago now. It's, it's been 11 years. I met her in 2008. I found a book that she wrote into, I don't remember when it was, but I found the book in 2008, sent her an email. I was going through some shit in my life at that particular point in time, sent her an email and she responded and asked me if she could give me a call. And that was how we met each other in the fall of 2008. And then in the spring of 2009, I actually went and met her in person and stayed with her for several days in New York City. And that was sort of the beginning of this friendship. And there's been multiple visits um, throughout time. I also went on her first yoga retreat that she did in Italy. It was a yoga and wine retreat, and it was an incredible trip. And so I have been waiting for us to find time in our schedule for us to meet up together. And so I am so happy today to welcome my friend, Sadie Nardini. Sadie, will you please tell everyone a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Well, what an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I mean, hey, look what can happen when you get a message from someone and you're like, I really get this person. I, I feel like reaching out. And then you spark a conversation, which turns into 11 years of friendship and <laughs> great. And, and I'm really happy because now I know we can slightly swear on your podcast. I oh, there sure. is a lot of swearing. It doesn't have to be slightly. You can use all of the words. Perfect. I like all the words. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, from somebody who in, in her teens was uh, paralyzed for two years, and I, I had some guy jump on my head and broke my spine in three places and did not remember that accident for years and years, which is why if you look, if you Google my accident, it says I had spinal meningitis because that's what the doctor said. I did not oh, remember Jesus. the actual accident for 20 years um, until I got my spine relocated, but I 
apparently broke my neck many times. Now I know that. So, you know, being paralyzed and being told I would never move again. I don't think you even know this, Sherry. I I, I don't Th- know. No, I, that part of the story I have not mm-hmm. heard. So that's incredible. I was in my late 30s and I went to a chiropractor and he took x-rays for the first time and said, you know, you've had fractures of your spine and it looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa uh, in here. I don't even know how you're walking around. He re- I said, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's yoga. I don't know. And he relocated it. I remembered the original accident, which the doctor said they couldn't tell like what had happened to me from that. They didn't ever take x-rays. It was bizarre. So... I you can't know, they didn't take x-rays of that. But well, whatever. the thing is, you know, when you have a traumatic accident, sometimes like a car accident or stuff, I'm sure you know the feeling, you don't always remember the original trauma. No. So I did no. not remember that some guy jumped on my head in the swimming pool. Uh, so I went oh. into the doctor with all these weird symptoms and they said, look, you know, uh, wow, you're bruising really easily. You're super dizzy. You're having horrible headaches. Your neck hurts you're 13, let's test your spinal fluid. Let's go in and test for spinal meningitis. It sounds like that. They said, well, obviously your central nervous system is melted, but we don't know why. I guess you've healed from that spinal meningitis. So they never took an x-ray or, or bone, you know, bone. A bone scan or anything. No, nothing. So, you know, it took me a long time to figure out that I had a serious issue that it apparently kind of healed on its own through yoga, which is where this all starts. So my story Mm -hmm. all starts with me feeling like hell and trying to figure out how to fix it in some way. Because they said spinal meningitis, you melted yourself. Good luck. You might need a wheelchair. Yeah. You, you might need a wheelchair for the rest of your life. We're not sure what happened to you. But my mom luckily was conscious enough to say, well, we we don't have any tools, but there is yoga. Maybe we can put you in some restorative positions for hours and hours at a time, <laughs> have you breathe and just hang out there. And I think I really stabilized myself through those yoga poses in, in a way that maybe my body was telling me to do. That's why it was partially paralyzing me all over my body. Like, oh, don't actually move. Your neck is broken, but I didn't know that. So we, <laughs> so thank God for goddess That pose. just makes me, I mean, that just like almost made me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrible, terrible. I look God. back, I look back on it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that actually happened to me. And, you know, she put me in all these not yoga poses like we know today from our power yoga classes and things that we do, but total like legs up the wall, restorative poses and stuff, you know, goddess on my back or like a twist, but breathing and and laying there pretty much just really yin style pose. Because of that, I, I healed enough or stabilized myself so that the bones healed. Okay. And then for an answer to your actual question, For the next 20 years, I worked my way up from on the ground to being able to move a little bit to being able to do a, you know, kind of yoga, but having to modify myself from my joints. And I'm talking, I was like not even 20 years old, then into 20s, learning stronger yoga and always having to be careful of myself because one headstand would set me off for four days. I was going to say, you didn't have a regular headstand practice, did you? At that point in time, you weren't doing headstand. Unfortunately, I did have one, but Uh, I did not understand why every time I did a headstand, I would have horrible migraines and and all that stuff. Now I know that. Yeah. 
And a lot of teachers were like, well, just keep practicing. You know, it's, it's probably just you like detoxifying or resetting your perspective. And now I know I had a horribly dislocated misaligned spine and neck spine. And I shouldn't have been doing those at all. Or I could have re-paralyzed myself. But because I was young and having these crazy symptoms from doing stuff my teachers told me were healthy, I then went into deep anatomy study with people like Leslie Kamenoff, who for those of you who don't know, you think it's a woman, it's a man. And Leslie is just a genius anatomy guy, learned all about the body, all about this, that. Then eventually I stumbled into a chiropractor who took those x-rays and came in all ashen face looking at me like, how are you even here right now? Relocated my spine. And I remembered the whole accident that night. I remembered my childhood. I could walk through my childhood house where it was foggy before, like a million things. And I realized joints and bones are really super important, not only to take care of just like you wash your dishes every day, but also to make sure that you're not falling for some of these old yoga myths that... Yeah. You think, you know, a million teachers will teach you, oh, do this and that. And it seems normal because it's so usual for our practice, but we got to be careful. And then I became 47, which I am right now. So now, (laughs) you know, even more, I have to be careful of my body more than even I did. So here's what I'm doing nowadays, Sherry and everyone. I am traveling around the world, as I did for many years, teaching physical practice, but now I am teaching teachers how to maximize what they're teaching by going online more, how to use social media to their benefit, how to use anatomy to make sure that they're teaching simply and really safely for people. And I'm doing an online yoga studio now so that I can control how and when I move. And I can also give great high quality content to people online. And that is called my Fit and Fierce Club. (laughs) (laughs) So again, I don't have to do, I did just do a headstand flow actually, but my headstands are arm balances and my head is not on the floor and it won't impact your neck. So I'm trying to teach like, you know, just optimized ways to do everything. As you well know, I am teach. I'm traveling more than I was in the last couple of years now. I was going to say, because I know you were traveling a lot and then you kind of just put the brakes on for a little while. Cause I thought, I don't know how this woman can keep traveling with the schedule that she's got. Yeah. And I, maintain I couldn't. Any sort of sanity. Yeah. I was, you know how it, when Sherry met me, I was really kind of amping up the whole kind of touring yoga schedule where I was with the yoga journal conferences and all the, all the conferences and being asked to teach at these major studios and then conferences uh, all over the world. And there's tons of them, just so you know. It was really hard for me as an old Iowa girl who never went anywhere to say no to anything. So China, Dubai, I mean, Jamaica. Japan, I remember Japan too. Japan, I'm going. However, that created, you know, every three days I was flying again. And I just didn't have a life at all. And I was burning out for sure. And when I would teach, I would love it. But traveling, you guys, you know how it is. Yeah. Just well, just getting uh, just all the stuff around the teaching Yeah, was intense. So I needed to back it off a little bit. And then I, of course, went polar. And it was good for me to do that. But I backed it all off. Right. I didn't go one place all last year. I just I pretty much sat at home with my husband and we dialed in on what I could do online and created more courses and my, and my fit and fierce thing. And then I started missing it. 
<laughs> just missing the, you know, like going the adventure, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, and meeting and meeting the world and teaching in person because there's right. nothing yeah. quite like that. No, there isn't. I remember when, so when I went back to stay with you in 2009, that May, you had just opened the studio with a partner in Soho and we were talking about it. And you said to me, cause I was teaching quite a bit at that point in time. And you said, you know, you're so lucky because you have students that come regularly to your classes. And in New York City, people might come for a little bit and then they fall off because they're so busy doing everything else. And then they might come back again. And I remember you telling me about how the city was always so busy. The energy was always so frenetic there that people didn't always do the things they needed to do to take care of themselves. Yeah. Well, if anyone's ever been to New York for more than five seconds, you know <laughs> that that city is... <laughs> One of the it's most crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's one of the most masculine American cities in the world in this way. Masculine energy. Go, go, go. Create, create. Achieve, achieve. Don't ever stop. Make your rent, make your rent. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so. That place is really expensive. And yeah, it's horribly expensive. It's great if you're young and you and you're and you're a go getter and you have and you have a dream and you just want to go experience it or go to school there. But once you get to become an adult and your tiny closet sized apartment is $4,000 a month, okay, <laughs> minimum, and you're running around, let's say you're a yoga teacher like I was, or make that amount of money from teaching yoga safely, plus everything else. It was very intense. And luckily, I was able to do that. However, as you know, from living in my life for a week with me, it's nonstop. And um, it is. the the people who are attracted to huge cities like that are obviously trying to achieve something in their own lives. Therefore, their physical fitness and self-nourishment is usually lacking. They'll go yeah. for it for like two weeks and then they'll fall off for three months. And I find that especially with women who usually tend to come to yoga classes. Yes, men are rising, but I'm talking mostly to women these days. That's my forte. Women in general, we have the tendency to hyper feminize, which is to get super emotional and just out of our emotions. Oh, just, you know, and passive and like, oh, I don't, I just can't, eh, I can't handle it. And then also at the same time, we're hyper masculine. So we're going, going and getting everything done and handling everything for everyone and like hyper focused and I can't stop and I'm taking the kids to soccer and I'm getting my, and I'll do my workout here. I'll do this, this, this. And then we break because none of those are a great idea for our balance and our power, yeah. which is somewhere at center. So a powerful feminine is going with your rhythms and your flow and making sure you're nourishing yourself consistently and being stubborn about that. And, and, a, and, a, and a beautiful masculine is getting stuff done, working toward your goals, but leaving that spaciousness for yeah. self-healing. That's not happening in New York. I'm sorry. I can't like remember who it was. <laughs> I think it was one of my guests who, who <laughs> had either lived in New York City for a short period of time or something, or I can't remember. And she said, I'm of the opinion that New York City is a great city, but no one should live there. I absolutely agree with that. that I think it's you know, great. It's a great place to visit. 
it is a great place to visit, but no one should live there full time. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I'll, I'll never forget how many people I met when I was there with you who would say, who would come up to me and, you know, I'd say hello, blah, blah, blah. And they'd say, so where are you from? And I'd say Seattle. And they'd go, yeah, you got that laid back West Coast vibe about you. And I'd be like, yeah, and that's a problem. Why? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I lived in New York City for 16 years. I couldn't remember how long you'd been there. I knew it had been 16. close to 20. Yeah. My husband was born there, grew up there, worked there. He was a rock buyer at Tower Records. He had the best of it all. He went to every music show. It was awesome. And he agrees with me right now. He's over here in the corner. We both moved here because New York City and big cities in general often are very goal-oriented, success-oriented, or like doing-oriented, but the beingness is not overly supported. Yeah, there's Central Park up there somewhere, but everyone's too busy trying to work and do stuff and meet their friends and take subways or drive like a, to actually go to it. So there was not a lot of nature. And even when I moved to LA, we both moved to LA thinking that would be more healthy because it's West Coast. Traffic. Right exhaust a ton of people yeah. working out so they can look good for movies and i'm i am overgeneralizing i understand this but there's something about being in a balanced place with a lot of nature and enough stuff to do but you having a balance of being able to afford it and being able to nourish yourself and and go with your rhythms that is really priceless so hey if you want to move to a big city and you got something to do got a job there and it's exciting to you, do it. But if you're trying to have a quality of living, you may want to ask yourself if you're in the right place for you, if all you're doing is just handling it. Yeah. Well, and you know, I was watching the the movie Heal on uh, Netflix last night and they were talking about stress and how a lot of these healers believe that stress is the cause of all the illness chronic illness, cancer, I mean, all of it, the cause of all of it. And I found that that was very interesting to have so many people say the same thing. But they were talking about people who no longer, they live in a continual fight or flight mode. They no longer know how to get to the space of allowing their parasympathetic nervous system to relax, to, tr to trigger that relaxation piece. And I think about just so many people trying to keep all the balls in the air and do so many things all at the same time. And there's no way that you can do that and have any quality of life, I don't think. Well, if we're talking about yoga, which I'm a yoga teacher, then you'd be right on because yoga says this, this whole health thing, this whole balance thing, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, it's all a dance between polarities. And it's right. not li existing in a polarity or another one. It's actually aiming to find a, it's not even a center either, because that's a perfection that can be stressful to try to right. continually reach, which is not reachable. It's, it's a co continually moving dance. It's a fluctuation, but you're kind of around center somewhere. And sometimes you completely swing. Sometimes you go out to, you know, a Kiss concert or a Morrissey concert <laughs> and you just have way too much wine or whatever and you wake up the next day and you can't do anything that you thought you were going to do and the whole day is kind of 
ruined, but you think back on the night before and you smile. Okay. Right. That's dancing between the polarities. And we are not supposed to live like that. Once in a while, it's fine. But if you live in a huge city where the the energy that's surrounding you is a ton of people just rushing past you all the time. The environment is a lot of emissions. It's not healthy for you. A lot of electrical emissions, a lot of car right. emissions, yeah. a lot of other people's stress emissions. You go yeah. to the, yes. you, go, you know, you wait in a line and people are bitchy because they're tired. Mm -hmm. You go on a subway and people are, you know, ugh, like asking for money because this and that and people are yelling at everyone. It's just, and you're trying to get through and be some kind of healthy thing. That said, I'm not saying you should just move to the middle of Iowa where I'm from and <laughs> go live with the cows either. That's a different kind well, of a mission. But I kind I'm of feel like I have the best of both worlds because I live on a little tiny island that's actually 10 square smi uh, miles, which smiles. is the same size. Miles. Smiles. The same size as, as Manhattan, right? Island. Mm -hmm a whole lot less people and a whole lot less buildings. It's small town. It's not for everybody. And I'm a 35 minute ferry ride from downtown Seattle that allows me to go see live music, to eat good food, to go be out amongst all of the, the floatsam and jetsam of humanity. Mm -hmm. Yep. On the streets of Seattle. And Seattle, for the longest time, used to have a very small town uh, mentality. And then the WTO happened and it, all of that sort of got opened up to this, the psyche of everybody here is that we're not really a small town anymore. Now, mm -hmm. we're, now we're a city. And now we have people like Amazon and Microsoft's been around for forever, but Amazon and all the biotechs and Google and all of those tech companies coming in that are raising the property rates mm -hmm. that are changing the dynamic of the city in such big ways that nobody was even prepared for what was going to happen with all of that. Yeah. So I look at things like that and I think Seattle used to be this thing like, you know, I just go across the big water and I just walk around and do a few things and it was a city, but not, but it was manageable. Now the traffic is bad. It's it's just one of those things where it's like I like to go in there for very limited time periods <laughs> and yeah. then turn around and come home because I just it's for somebody like me who runs on adrenaline anyway to be surrounded by all of those other people expending all that adrenaline just speeds me up and wears me out. I, I can't do it. Well, you're smart because we have to know what our what our counterbalance is. And the issue with most people who just are burning themselves out, and I was one of them for many years, is that we default to the energies that we are. So I am a triple A type, triple A person. Therefore, probably not the best idea for me to go to New York City, the biggest city in the country, <laughs> at least just energetically, and right. just jump in it for 16 years of my life. <laughs> where it takes three hours to mail a letter. And okay, I, <laughs> hey, I love it. Like, don't let me steer you wrong. I love that city, but it's it exacerbates my polarity. And yeah. what happens to most people is they get attracted to what they are inherently and they want more of it. And then they go mm -hmm. swing over to one side. What is really exciting and interesting to do and this is what I have done for the past couple of years now, 
is to counterbalance myself. We would call that cross-training in yoga or fitness to cross-train your energy. So where I am super type AAA, what I don't want is to just go out and live in a freaking field by myself. Right. But I do need a little bit of stimulation. I definitely want to be close to a big city. So like you, I can go and see, you know, have meetings or, or fly out if I want to or see some great music. Right. But I found a good happy medium for a lifestyle that that is most of my days. And that is Santa Barbara, California. It's an hour and 20 minutes from Los Angeles. It is quiet. It is calm and healthy. And it has a lot of great music and awesome restaurants. And the ocean is five minutes from here. And I just spent all day the past five hours before this interview, I was sitting at a beach bar looking at the water, drinking kombucha, talking to my friends, having a burger, doing my thing and doing some work. That right. is what I personally actually need. This is my cross training. And I'm so much happier and healthier now that I'm here. I was running at 150 miles a minute when I was in New York, and that is not sustainable. And I was seeing no. myself break down. So a cross training doesn't mean you just go with comp- you know, complete opposite that you hate. It means that you find a counterbalance as a daily lifestyle and whatever that can be for you. Even if you have to live in a huge city right now, you can counterbalance yourself and cross train yourself by creating your apartment to be an oasis, right? blocking sound, walking around with, with earplugs in actually, white noise in your headphones as much as you can, something like that, because it's crazy how much psycho- uh, psychological stress it causes to just hear noise all day long. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is I, I spent time at the beach today too, mm-hmm. about 40 minutes sitting on the, the beach. And I was down there yesterday too. And it's, you know, it's an eight minute walk from my home. So it's not very far for me to get there. And just, I listen to my headphones on my walk. So I either listen to a podcast or listen to music or an audible book or something. But the minute mm-hmm. I hit the beach, I turn off my headphones and I just listen to the water. I listen to the birds. I hear the fairy coming and going. And so it's one of those things where I haven't been able to get down to the beach as much as I would like to lately. And just after two days, I can just feel the total down regulation happen. And it's like, you you know that you need to do this. And so you need to figure out how to make this a priority again in your life. Yeah. And we all forget that, you know, it's, it's really easy to forget. And it's actually just like a spiritual stubbornness. We have to cultivate where I, I do it too. I mean, I will, will sit at home and I'll work and I'll work and I'll work and I have an ocean five minutes away, Yeah, you know, or a botanical garden less than that. I live on a hiking trail, (laughs) you know, move and, and be in nature. I think it's so important, but like, even when I lived in Manhattan, in the middle of it, I would put in some flesh-colored earplugs or even my iPhone earphones, just some low white noise so I could still hear if somebody was, you know, a taxi was barreling at me or something. And I can't tell you how much more relaxed I was instantly when the, I took the noise of the city down. And yeah. I had no idea it was doing that to me for years and years. Remind me, when did you start your YouTube channel? How long have you been on YouTube? Wow, I think I started that channel in, I want to say 2002 or three, something like that, really early on. I mean, before there was anyone mm-hmm. doing much on YouTube, I remember yeah. that that you were there. And I mean, that was one of the 
sort of the linchpins of your your yoga offerings was you and I remember us having this conversation. And at the time, you were filming your own DVDs and sending them out to people. I remember that too because we went to the post office when I was there. <laughs> And, you know, you were sort of ahead of the curve as far as all of that goes. And then I remember that you had your own TV show for a while when you were in New York City. And so I look at things like that and then I see Facebook kind of came on. I didn't start on Facebook until 2000, I think, eight, maybe later in 2008. And then Instagram was just sort of this odd little thing where I posted yeah. pictures and then, you know, about five years ago, it started to explode. And then once Facebook got their hands on it, it exploded even further. Mm -hmm. But I just remember that your whole thing was about offering things for free for people to be able to experience yoga without expecting anything in return, that it was a service for you to do that for people. Yeah. And what a novel concept that was when there were so many people that it was all about the cash, right? Show mm -hmm. me the money. Yeah. And now there's people all over Instagram saying, you know, okay, you have to do it this way, this way, this way. And then you hit them with the cell. And it's like, it just seems so calculated. And so how, how do you kind of tread that, that super highway with all of that? Cause now is your, your fit fierce, is that an app? Do you have an app for that? It's soon to be an app on every single platform. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, well, that is free for 30 days for anyone to go for a month and do any of the classes and try it. And if they love it, which most people do, they'll stay for $9.99 a month. It's like, yeah. That's very affordable. It's like half of a fancy yoga class. One. I was going to say that's, that's less than a drop-in fee in most studios. Less than a drop-in free fee for one class. For yeah. unlimited and new yoga, yoga shred workouts, because I have meditations, motivations, all sorts of stuff right. every month that I work my you know what off to put up there. So for me, it is a balance because you can have it for free for 30 days. You can try everything out. Hey, if you don't like it, go. It's so easy to cancel that. And I give a lot of free stuff, free tips, free sequences, free meditations, motivation, you know, live stuff. I do a lot on my Facebook page and right. I do stuff on my um, Instagram too, but I really had to, I had to ask myself, do I want to be one of these hard sell funnel sales kind of people? Like I've been told for years is the way to go. Like, Oh, you know, give them a little ebook and then charge them $4,000. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've never been that person. It makes no. me just, I'm not even uncomfortable. I'm like repelled by that model. What I've always thought yoga was and, and fitness and wellness was we, we offer some gifts, but then if we're really creating something and, and I am housing myself almost entirely online, that is my career, my education and my business. Then I, I do ask for something in return. If someone wants to keep doing and, and getting the really good stuff I'm offering over a long period of time, but it's a minuscule amount for what it's worth because I tend to work in quantity. I can, I have thousands of people all over the world doing this. So I don't need to charge somebody what it would be worth. 
like per class. Right, Some right. people are charging, oh, 20 bucks for my online class because classes in person are $20. Well, I charge Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not this, you know, I mean, just like what you said earlier was that you, you want to get back into teaching in a classroom of people because you miss that connection. Mm, yeah. And teaching online is great. I, I think that's a really great service to offer. And I think that as a longtime instructor, that we also crave that energy that happens when those people, those bodies are in the room. Yeah, I think it would be like dating dating a robot online. It's not exactly as <laughs> fulfilling. <laughs> not fulfilling as much. However, like I have a ro I have an online husband. Kind of sorry, honey, but it kind of sounds good sometimes. Uh, not all the time. <laughs> But that said, so many people, you know, either maybe they don't feel comfortable going to class because right. they've had yeah. bad experiences or they have body image issues or right. a lot or they're injured or sick or something, or it's just convenient. So they're not going yes. to practice somewhere out. If they're not going to practice somewhere out, which is so many people, even if some people go to public classes, they're on vacation or they don't feel like it and they want to be at right. home in their pajamas doing their yoga class. I felt a responsibility as somebody who, as you know, as you've described, has always been very interested in using mass media positively to help spread the good word of yoga, who happens to be an expert in anatomy and biomechanics and can make these practices more effective and safer for people. I don't wanna just offer that knowledge to 30 people at a time only, although that's one of my favorite things to do. I want to also give it to the world. So I think it's a responsibility of people who have, like you, like me, who have deeper knowledge to, if it's right for us to do and it's passionate for us, to find a way to develop that online audience for those people who, who are looking for something online but want higher quality instruction. Well, and it makes me nervous to see some of these people doing what they see on Instagram without going to a class and having a good instructor and having someone make sure that they are not injuring themselves. I'm 10 years older than you are. My student base is is midlife and older. Mm -hmm. And so as you're finding every bump, bruise, injury, trauma, car accident, whatever it is that you've had throughout your life starts to come back later in life. It shows yeah. up in, in little weird ways and it doesn't always go away. And so my goal is to still be teaching yoga in my nineties and to be able to offer a practice that is safe, that takes into account that not every single body is built the same way, that empowers my students to be able to modify if that's what they need to do, that they don't have to look a certain way, that it doesn't have to be a certain way, that they have to approach their practice with curiosity about what their body has to tell them. And it's amazing to me how many students that I have had come to class and say, you, you totally changed my yoga practice for me and gave me permission that even if I go and take from somebody else that I can have the capacity to be 
able to honor my body and move in a way that makes sense for me, even though I'm hearing something else from the instructor. Or to have somebody bring somebody that's never been to my yoga class before, is relatively new to yoga to come in and say they were afraid to walk through the door and walked out the door feeling empowered. You know what? That's the biggest compliment I could ever receive from somebody. And if all they do is walk out the door learning how to breathe a little bit better, then I consider that a huge win. So I look at, and I've done a lot of your trainings over the years, and you've always been so great with your, your teacher offerings of making them affordable for instructors because you, you want to get the word out there so that other people can start teaching the same way. There's so many people out there who just, they don't, they don't have that mindset and they want well, to be might proprietary. Not even know it. They don't, they well, don't, they're not educated. You know, I, I watch these teachers and it doesn't even matter. A lot of them are younger, you know, and they haven't had yes. the time to learn it and their bodies haven't taught them what they need to know about being sensitive yeah. to other bodies and modifications. They think they are, but they, you can't truly know that until you actually have joint issues. Until you live it. Yeah. Until you yeah. live it. And not only was I injured, but I'm, I'm 47 now. I mean, I'm getting there, you know, I, I definitely have things I have to be mindful of, you know, so some of them, it's just, it's a, it's a youth thing. I see them throwing yeah. their bodies around. They're very strong they're they're talking about some modifications they're talking about anatomy but they're the way they're moving isn't reflecting it and they're not giving proper variations or modifications then there's some anatomy experts out there that don't know what they're talking about honestly and yeah. it's really it's really hard to know except if you try out their practice and your body will pretty quickly tell you it's hard to listen to somebody who's online or who's even in person and talking really authoritatively and and then you're feeling tweaked and you're feeling in pain but they're saying oh well you're just tight or keep practicing you know like they did with me and my yeah. headstand so i don't know i mean the thing with me is i don't have the energy anymore to go out and teach and I can't teach all the world. So right. either I'm going to put it out online or I'm not going to show up at all. And yeah. I, I'll do what I can, but I can't go to Afghanistan and Russia and Japan anymore and Dubai and, and every class in the United States every day. But I can create a club where I know I know the information is good so that at least people can not only practice at home, but they can check in with the teachers they're in front of and kind of say, yeah, I'm not going to turn my hips forward in Warrior One. That's yeah. going to twist my back knee. I do know that from being online with Sadie. Yeah, I'm not going to do this or that. Or here's a modification I learned from my online classes. I'm going to just apply that instead here. I think that we can both, you know, you're, you're in person. I'm in person as I can be, but I also do the online thing. But we both know our shit. So, you know, giving people the option and the education to go into any class and watch themselves and take responsibility for themselves, I think is the most important thing any of us can do as teachers. Well, and I always tell them, I want you to feel that you can go and take yoga from anybody else and you have a solid base for your practice of knowing where your body moves through space, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what you need to adjust. And if somebody comes over and tries to tell you something else, you can either ask them to not touch you or move you in a way that you know is not good for you, or you can let them say whatever it is that they have to say, and then you go on and you, you do what's right for you. And to be able to give them the verbiage, to be able to give them the 
the visual of all of that is is so incredible. And it doesn't surprise me that you're that you're going more into an online space. That's where you started. It's just like you're sort of circling back to where you came from. And I, I keep getting everybody saying, you, you, can you need to do more stuff online? You do need to do more stuff online. And it's like, I have so many other balls in the air right now, but I definitely need to get that point where I either do some sort of a membership site for somebody or come up with a an app or something. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I, I made my DVD based on you telling me what I should do to make my DVD with using my, my regular students. I still have students that use that. It's going to be 10 years old. Yeah. Good going. (laughs) I still have a box full in my closet. (laughs) Sure. I I don't think some teachers aren't, aren't happy or, you know, passionate about doing a bunch of online stuff. I don't think that's necessary. I just, I like to see, I like to see teachers with knowledge, get the knowledge out there farther. Because like you, I I agree that I guess for anyone listening to a takeaway from this would be that when you're looking at a teacher online, or you're looking at a teacher in person, if they're constantly trying to hyper sell you and get you in their group and their community and and never let you go, like, people who are trying to own you, it's a little weird, it's stressful. But like Sherry and I are both saying, hey, we have stuff we're offering you. You want to come? You want to go? That's cool. We hope that you take our knowledge and go keep yourself safer and stronger in every class, any class from now on. That's how I've always been too. And I'm never trapping anyone into anything. Same with you. That's kind of the openness and the uh, the welcome with freedom and spaciousness. That's what you want to always yeah. look for in a teacher. If someone's trying to hard sell you and get you into like a lifetime membership of hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, and this is the only way and all of that, it's really kind of um, attractive to think that, wow, this this one place is going to give me all the answers, but ultimately... <laughs> The only answers come from you experiencing stuff right. and using yep. your individual biochemistry and anatomy to decide what's right for you. And you become the, the master of that. I think that's the way, whether who, who's online, who's offline, it's all good. But yeah. um, the teachers who really want to help you, no matter if you come once or you come a million times, to live a better life and, and help you transform into the best version of yourself, those are the teachers to, I think, really, really look at and commit, commit to for however long, you know, and, and get and support. Well, and there's so many ways now to offer classes online that were not there before mm-hmm. and ways to be able to monetize it so that it, it makes it feasible to be able to offer that and make sure that you can sustain it in terms of an income that allows you the, the space to be able to continue to put the, pro- the, the program out for people to see. It's interesting you were talking about polarity and talking about balance. And I saw somebody who made a really great point about balance is that some people see balance as like, you arrive and it's balance and it's static and it's not. It's that constant fluidity. To me, it's like surfing, right? You kind of got to ride those waves and sometimes you're going to fall off on one side or the other and you're going to get a great wave and ride it and feel really good. And then sometimes you're going to bite it really hard and it's going to suck for a little yeah. while. But you're, you're constantly trying to move into that space of how does my body feel today? What feels good? What 
kind of practice? Do I need to do more restoratives and, or therapeutic? Or is today a time where I feel like I've got some energy I need to, to, to kind of work that energy out and a, a good, powerful practice is, is where I need to be today? All of that comes from being able to listen to your body. And I just think I still, after 26 years of practicing and 17 years of teaching, there are still so many people out there who don't live in their bodies. They just don't, they yeah, don't so have many- a concept of what that lives, what that's like. You know, if you want, and and so for, for anyone listening, if you want to instantly understand the dance of balance, then I want you to go on a yoga mat, stand up in a tree pose, put one foot down and one, one foot up on your calf, inner, inner, inner calf or your inner thigh, not your knee joint and pay attention to your standing foot and what it's doing because it's not going to be some static thing that's just sitting there like a lamp on your it's kitchen constant floor. motion it's constant yeah. motion it's correcting itself all the time and it's it's being there in in a sensitivity practice with the rest of your body and it's communicating with yeah. the rest of your body and the rest of your body is responding to it in real time and that that is that's what it is so that's like a nice little you know, balance, dance of balance meditation for you, that will remind you that every moment of every day, if you just pay attention, you're constantly in service of yourself, trying to tell yourself what you actually need to to kind of like correct for this thing you're swinging towards and how to kind of dance with that. But the problem is, like you said, Sherry, most people don't listen. We haven't cultivated a listening practice that is deep like that. And so then it, it goes polar, like you'll be nine months out of the year, work, work, work. And then all of a sudden you'll hate everyone and you'll break down and you'll have to go to like, you know, some spa for two weeks and everybody shut the F up and don't talk to me. And I'm now I'm sick. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's a way. Is it the best way for you? Probably not. No. You know, it's a way that balance will correct itself. Like we're in California now, it's raining it's been raining for, for 14 straight days, pretty much. That's nature correcting itself. <laughs> well, then you guys won't have to worry about having a water problem, I guess. Exactly. Well, we were all, we were having a huge water problem and nature is yeah. correcting itself and, and not in the best way. Cause she also corrected herself by having huge fires and mudslides around here. And right. it's obviously global, you know, uh, climate changing, climate change, but yeah. that's how we can, we can go, whoa, like we're going to have a fire that burns everything down and now mudslides and everyone's going to like be horrible. Like all our, our houses are gone and now, now it's a deluge and now it's a desert. We don't have to live like that as humans. If we just pay some attention to what we need in the moment and that's a day-to-day thing. And being, you know, the last, It'll be five years in June. I have been dealing with one sort of autoimmune issue or another. Having been diagnosed with Epstein-Barr back in September, I have been used to being somebody who's the energizer bunny and it doesn't take much for me to recharge. And all of a sudden I was like, I can't make it through the day. I have to go home and take a nap. Mm -hmm. And it was my body being incredibly loud and saying, you just have to do, you have to stop thinking in that old mindset and you have to do deal with what's right in front of you at this particular moment in time. And I have flares and it goes up and down and I have good days and bad days. And and it's a struggle, but it's one of those things where I know if I do the best things that I can do to take care of myself, that I will be able to heal from this and move forward and 
move into a different space. But the reality is, is that some days you wake up and go, God damn it, do I have to deal with this fucking again today? Mm -hmm. Then it's all about what do I need to do to reset that? Well, how do I reset my energy or my perception of what it is so that I can continue to do what's best for myself and lower my stress and take care of myself in the best way possible. Live in, in a very small, slow lifestyle. And even for me, sometimes it's really easy to get caught up in that whole thing of not paying attention. And then I have to look at myself in the mirror and go, yoga teacher, heal thyself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I'm going to call that the myth of manifestation. People think that because you create things like this podcast or because I, you know, you look at me and go, oh, I, I'm, I'm one of the world's top online e-course sellers. So, you know, aside from the subscription thing, I do one-off e-courses in case somebody just wants to learn something for 21 days or do yoga, you know, and I... I have a successful marriage. I live in a huge house in Santa Barbara. I have an online thing. I, I do this, that, the other thing. I'm the CEO of a company that the myth is that all I do is go, go, go to create that. And when people see that someone has created stuff, they get anxious and stressed and like, I should be doing more. I should be, I yeah. should be, you know, uh, I should be doing this on Instagram. I, I should do more, more, more. And it's very stressful. But in fact, the reality is, I work for about two hours a day max and I work hard during those two hours and I do specific things that build up to an online course that build up to stuff I have to do here and there. And then I go out and I drink wine. I have lunch. I might, I might do a little something more for writing because writing is creative for me. Yes. I don't, I don't really work for the rest of the day and that's not every day either. I, I take the weekends off and that, so two hours, maybe three hours a day during the weekday that creates miracles but people think i just go for 14 hours a day and then they push themselves but that's not at all the case it's working smarter not harder i mean i still work full time and that's why i know that me being able to do some of this more online presence pieces of being able to offer my knowledge to people and and even my local students are like i wish you had an option for me to be able to take a yoga class with you when i can't make it to class or i mean we had we had two weeks of snow where for like close to 10 days, nobody got to go and do anything. And everyone was like, God, I really wish you would have had an app or something I could do online or something like that. And so I know that that's kind of the space that I want to get to. It's just that I need to be, I, I got to find that. You need to do it your way. Mix. Your well, way, it's yeah. not exhausting you. Like, right. I don't know if you know this, but one of my best-selling courses was 10 10-minute 10 videos I filmed called the Chair Yoga for Strength, Mobility and Healing. I, you know what? I think I remember that. It's on Daily Ohm right now, and it's 10 10-minute 10 classes and that has helped so many people and it's something i loved i loved doing that because i could say hey if you if you can't if you don't even can't lift your arms you have energetic arms otherwise we're doing fists of fire so you're going to do a little <laughs> fist of fire like a t-rex or you're going to go right. up i don't know like have a little fun in the chair instead of just like now we have to twist and inhale and exhale you you can do something easier than you think that would really bring a lot of value to people. And it might not be an ongoing thing that you have to constantly give energy to. Maybe it's right. a one course that you can start and go, hey, if you want to practice with me at home, I have this e-course. It's a bunch of videos and you can buy it for 20 bucks. 
And then everyone who knows you will buy it for 20 bucks because they want it when they can't make it to you. Right. Now, now you start to, and that doesn't take too much energy or time. No, Those, that's how I started. I just started doing a subscription model and, and that's not even my, you know, that's something I'm just, it's extra for me, but the courses are things I can make one off, sell to people. And I do not have to continue to do work all the time. It's and just it's evergreen. There. It's always there, it's right? I mean, you can, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been selling the same courses for years to new people because they stand up, you know? So I don't know. I mean, we could talk about that at some point if you want, but I mean, yes. it doesn't have to be very challenging to make these, but it's super useful to people um, outside of you. So food for thought. Well, you, now you got my wheels turning. <laughs> just video instead of... <laughs> these days, you know? Well, I mean, and I have the, the iPhone 10 S max or whatever the big, whatever the big one is. And that's like that camera on that phone is better, is better than my freaking video camera. This is all for you God's need. Sake. I know. And I can do all my editing on it. I do all of my social media preparation on it. I mean, yep. it's, it's You're unbelievable. Right there. It's really just a few more it's just, a, it's just a few more classes on that thing. You know how to do it already. It's, it's not too hard anymore, especially that most things are video and not so much writing as they used to be. Yes. It's, Hey guys, here's the class and then film the class and then do that 10 times. And then you have an e-course that people, Hey, practice Sherry at home. There you go. Well, I just need to, <laughs> I've been, you know, my granddaughter is now two. Yes. And I spend a lot of time with her, which is the, she's the light of my life. This little being that is, she's a pistol. She's going to give everybody a run for their money in our yeah, family, I think. Nice. And so, you know, for me, I've been more focused on that is just spending time with her hanging out. But as I, this whole thing with the podcast has been about it. It was a little over a year in the making. Well, not quite a year before I released the, the first episode. And it was this passion of wanting to share, provide a platform for women to share their stories, for a conversation to happen, for connection and community to happen. And I think about that most people don't even have a phone conversation anymore. It's text message, it's email. And we're losing that connection of conversing. And there's so much technology and, and so many ways to connect with people, yet there are so many people who are so incredibly lonely. And so I look at things like that and I think about how easy it is to post something and have it be on Instagram or Facebook or send a text message or send an email. And we lose that ability to speak with our voices, to have that conversation, to get excited when you're somebody stimulates something in you, like you were talking to me about these courses, that we lose that because that doesn't come across in a text message or an email, right? No. I mean, that just doesn't, that just doesn't do it. So I look at things like that. And I think that by sharing these women's stories and by people hearing their voices and hearing them share their stories and that it, it gives women a space, a platform to be able to realize that they do have things that are important to share with the world and that their story is important. And so now that I've kind of launched this baby and I've got it under control, then, then the next thing is, is how do I build out the yoga stuff? But you're right. It's less about all of the writing and the typing and all of that and more about that FaceTime, that 
that video piece, that ability to be able to communicate in a different way, but still be able to reach out and <laughs> reach out and touch someone. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the, you know, video now, it, anything you needed to say in writing, you can say in a title and a short description and just talk. My, my themes are, Hey guys, here's, here's what this, this session is about, or here's why I decided to make this whole thing for you and, and with you. And I think it's also important for women as we are moving into midlife as well to really have more of a community because yes. the fitness and yoga communities are often built all around youth and, yep. and, and like how hard can you go and how bendy can you be and everything. Yep. And I am finding as I'm moving towards 50 now, and I am starting to try to find resources for even, I mean, I was even researching this freaking yam progesterone cream and, and like how I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm looking at perimenopause at some point, like, where are you at? Where are you at menopause? What's how, when am I? So I'm looking at this, this really awesome female owned cream company that has DHEA cream, I think it's called. I don't even know. I'm learning about all this stuff because there's nobody right. talking about it. And women no. are we not- We need to. Help, like we need to help each other move yes. into this time with strength and fearlessness and, and vulnerability. And I think that teachers like you and me, whether in person or you got a little something that people can access here and there, it's about video. It's about talking to each other. It's about teaching where we are instead of what we think the fitness and yoga community wants, which they don't even know till you give yeah. it to them. And I think women over 40 especially need need our messages. And and you've been through a lot. I know we've, you know, we've talked about that. And I've I feel for you, you've been through so much. And we, at this point in life, we, we now have a real conversation and we are real teachers for people who are going through similar issues. I'm excited. I think it's, I think you and I and, and, and people like us are the new transformation leaders for a yes. certain age group of women who aren't getting a lot of instruction and education for this time of life. I just had a girlfriend write me and she was like, my skin is drying out. Sex hurts. I don't care anymore. Okay. Here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? She's like, so teaching me about this? <laughs> I met a compounding pharmacist who is, she's Japanese. Yes. And she told me, so I, you know, I got my blood clot from taking the birth control pill, which mm -hmm. was a problem. So I can't do any sort of hormone therapy. And I don't think that I hit menopause until I was probably about 55. Mm -hmm. was when I think I finally went through menopause. So I don't like to do anything like anybody else anyway. But <laughs> I, I met this compounding pharmacist because she was doing some MSM crystals that are helpful for yeast and, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So we started talking about progesterone cream that you can use that helps you with your sleep. It helps you kind of normalize things. And I've been always been progesterone poor. And then she started talking about a, an estriol cream. And she said, Sherry, she says, here's what's happening for women as they get older. She said, your hormones change, things dry out. Your skin dries out, your hair dries out, your vagina dries out. Yes. And she said, and then when your vagina dries out, it also dries out the tissue for your urethra and your, your bladder. Then that, that's why women have bladders that UTIs. drop. UTIs. 
that have issues with they don't sex isn't comfortable. And she said, I got to tell you, I've been using this estriol cream, she said, for years. She said, you apply it in, you know, front to back. And she said, not only does it help keep your vagina and all of that moist, she said, it also helps with your bladder and your urinary tract and all of that. So she said, (laughs) she said to me, and she's this little Japanese woman. And I just, I had to hug her. And she said, I'm as wet as I was when I was 25. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Cause I just ordered that cream last night. I swear to God. Hey, the company. I said, I love you. (laughs) The company. Well, here's hoping, but the company, the company is female owned from 1978. It's the gold standard. It's all natural. This one, I don't know what she's using, but I found this one. I've been recommended this by a naturopath um, of note, and it's Emerita. So it's E M E R I T A. It's on Amazon. They have an estriol cream. They have a progesterone cream. They have a uh, DHEA. D- and it's all compounded, right? Yep. It's And it's paraben-free and it's all from uh, natural sources. There's no chemicals in it or anything. And, and women it- are like, I finally want to have sex again. Yes. They're like, I don't. <laughs> they're like, I am awake in the morning. Crazy stuff like their hair is growing, their skin looks awesome, they feel great. So I don't know. I mean, well, and, the, and the progesterone will help you sleep. That's yes. one of the things when you're dealing with the insomnia because of the the hormone changes. Um, but yes, that's the thing is that because I was concerned, I said, "Listen, I'm not supposed to take any sort of hormones." And she no. said, "Sherry, this is not that, mm-hmm. and they're not synthetic. It's natural. It's what so your body will process it." just like it would your your regular normally produced hormones in your yes. body. I bet it's the same and stuff. But I had to search that. No one told me about that. I mean, it, it, we're not talking about this. No, I feel I like, well, watch out, because I'm probably going to make a course in another five years. Well, maybe what we need to do is start having a regular podcast where we talk about this stuff. Yes. I think I think this would be huge, and I hope like a once a it. once a month podcast. So let's talk yeah. about that too. Yeah, when we let's get see. This um, is how it all begins, people. <laughs> <laughs> because I that's been my thing is I that sometimes the compounding pharmacies will run a little um, like workshop where they talk about natural hormones yeah. and what to do to kind of help yourself as you make that transition into pre-menopause and and menopausal phases. I, you know, going through that whole thing with having hives for two years, I had to learn about food because not one of my conventional medical doctors ever talked to me about food. Not one of them ever talked about how food and hormones are related. So I did a lot of all of that research on my own. And there are so many women out there that once they hit menopause or they're premenopausal, they start having issues with hives. They start having issues with autoimmune. They start having a lot of different issues that didn't show up earlier in their lives and now all of a sudden are happening. And so I think there's a great way to be able to get that information out to people. So, and that's kind of where I originally thought I would go with my podcast was talking about autoimmune issues and nutrition and the things that you can do naturally to help support your body as you go through the aging process. And it kind of morphed from there, but I haven't let go of that piece. So we definitely, I think I would love to talk more about that. And I think, you know, 
there, if, Hey, if you want to know how to do a frick, gosh, damn downward dog, you can get 18 million people telling you how to do that. But if you want to know how to just simply go through the phase between 40 and 60, you know, you got to really dive deep and there's some medical stuff happening and a few, and a few people, but they're the information for women between, between, you know, 20 and, and 35 is all out there. Like what you need to do, all your exercise and every magazine is talking about it and how to yeah. care for your skin and everything. But then we are, oh, no one wants to talk about that. You know, well, I we're, even, we're, we're not considered viable anymore. Right. So I guess we have to consider ourselves viable, which we do and yep. create some inf information and bring in some people. I'm happy to be a part of that. All right. Well, that, that's good. We need, we need to do that. Because I, I think it's call so me. important. <laughs> I will call you on the phone. Perfect. Where can everybody find you? You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Sadie Nardini Official. So Facebook.com slash Sadie Nardini Official or Instagram is at Sadie Nardini Official. I have a blonde mohawk. It's not too hard to find me once you find me. And then if you want to check out the other thing, it's the uh, Fit Fierce Club. Fit fierceclub.com fitfierceclub.com I am so happy that we finally after um a, too much time of not actually having an in-depth conversation together that we got to do this because it's one of those things where every time we would talk it was sort of fuel that we it would be like and this and and this <laughs> Yeah. And so I, I'm excited to hear about everything that you're doing with the online piece, because I think that's really great and that you are taking such good care of yourself. Because I know that there were a lot of years when there was a lot of frenetic energy and a lot of things going on all of, at the same time. And you just seem incredibly joyful and happy and peaceful. And I'm looking at your face going, you just, you look so good. That, that does my heart good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I went through, you know, I, I haven't had it easy and I went through a lot of struggles around my self-worth and, and my energetic output and my teaching output and my relationships. And I'm such a giver and I'm so understanding and I like to save people. So all of those things yeah. combined is it can kind of really lead you down a stressful path. However, I've definitely made the right choices for myself in all of those areas. And I, and you find me here, not just out of luck, you know, out of a lot of hard work and decision making where I don't have, I don't have a ton of stress and I'm getting a lot done. I've kind of cleared the way for my own manifestations and, and right now it's a good thing. So, you know, knock on all the woods. <laughs> I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that girl cream, but you know, other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> well, are you gonna be doing any traveling for workshops or anything this year, 2019, or no? Uh yeah. So this month is March. I'm I'm uh traveling to Dallas in three days, actually. It's been months since I've gone anywhere outside of California, but I'm doing these um conferences to help trainers and teachers learn how to use their social media more masterfully and do their online courses or, or go online a little and kind of talking to them about that. So I'm doing that. I have a retreat in Cuba coming up at the end of the month. Oh, that's right. I saw yep. that. Yes. I, I'm yeah. going to, just mostly because I wanted to go to Cuba. Yeah, I do too. I just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot from Seattle, but, and then, yeah, I'm traveling, I'm traveling here and there for sure. A few conferences mostly. And then Japan in September. Oh, you 
Oh, wow. Okay. Going back to Tokyo because I love teaching there. And also my husband is a big record guy. So we're going to mostly go have a vacation and he's going to look for Japanese vinyl and <laughs> I'm going to eat a lot of sushi and drink some beer. I'm fine. Well, I'll have to talk to him. I worked in the, I worked in a record store for several years. Oh yeah. Back yeah, in the eighties. Yeah. I oh. worked it. It was uh Oh crap. What was it called? Records and tapes was the name. Of, I can't remember what the, the first part of the name it was. Anyway, uh-huh. I worked there for probably three years nice. in the eighties. Well, he's so. going to have a lot to talk to you about, I'm sure. <laughs> so open invitation, Santa Barbara, you know. You <laughs> well, see all I'll the come and records see back there. Behind I was going to say, I was looking at that vinyl going, ooh, that looks that's, really good. That's just the like <laughs> best stuff. <laughs> see, see the Beatles box set right there? That's the Beatles. I see that, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of cool stuff. Well, there. thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and – I and to let everybody know, I just everybody please just know that Sadie has been doing this for so long and this woman knows her shit. So go out and find her and look at what she's doing because this is someone who actually, and maybe it's the age demographic, but she's not trying to be an influencer. She's not trying to sell you something. She's trying to give you a better way to live your life. And that's really what we all want to be able to do is live our lives to the best that we possibly can. So thank you again. Love you so much. Love you. Thank you so much. We'll be back to talking soon. Yes.